0: It's my non-professional belief that the secret to living a joyful and fulfilling life is to live from your true self space. So when you show up places, there isn't like a you that shows up to um, your dinner party and then a you that shows up to business and then a you that shows up when you're meeting someone new. Like it's just you and you don't feel like you have to hide. You don't feel like you have to change. You just are connected to who you really are and you just let that be seen and you live from that space, I think is one of the most special, powerful things that you can do to really find
1: like fulfillment and joy in this life. Hello and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Duchess marmette
2: We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge.
1: We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired.
2: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Art of Living Well podcast. We wanted to let you all know that we have a new form in our show notes. It's a recommendation slash feedback form, and we're really excited about it because we wanna connect with you guys, our listeners more, and we would love to hear topics that you'd like us to discuss on the show or questions that you have about health and wellness or maybe suggest some other podcasts that you really like or maybe you have a guest suggestion or share your favorite wellness brand or product with us so we are so excited to hear from you so please check out our show notes and go fill out this form it just takes two minutes and we're excited to hear from you. And now we're super excited to welcome today's guest, Kelly Smith. Kelly is a globally celebrated yoga and meditation teacher. And she also has this amazing podcast called Mindful in Minutes. And it's all about um, meditation. And Kelly really believes that there's not one size fits all approach to yoga and meditation. And she really helps people Find their personal practice, listen to their bodies, tune into their inner joy, and really step into your own power. And um, we so enjoyed this conversation with Kelly. Kelly has such an interesting story and background, and we hear about her journey to how she came to where she is today. We talk again about Yoga Nidra, which is something we've covered in the past, but Um, Stephanie and I both feel like this is such an important topic and we loved hearing more about it from Kelly and hearing specifically how that type of yoga has helped transform some of her students' lives and then we really dive into her amazing podcast, Mindful in Minutes, where she offers free guided meditations and she has the most amazing voice. So I highly recommend you download her podcast and um, and then we end the show with some fabulous tips from Kelly. So let's jump right in and welcome Kelly Smith.
1: Hi, Kelly. Marnie and I are really excited to have you on our show today. We met through a mutual friend and fellow podcaster in the Twin Cities, Ashley Sondergaard, who hosts the wonderful show Yoga Magic, and which all of us have been guests on. I think we actually met at a yoga event that we co-hosted with her a couple summers ago. And we just love meeting like-minded women in the health and wellness space who have dedicated their lives to better the lives of others. So thank you.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. This is easily the highlight of my week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So really everyone has a story and we would love to hear your journey in a nutshell of how you ended up specializing in yoga nidra, hosting your podcast and your virtual meditation school yoga for you.
0: Yeah. So I started where a lot of us start, which is in yoga with the physical. So I was an athlete all the way through college. And I started yoga when I was in middle school. as like cross training for my sports, but I was definitely there for like the stretch. And I was a um, you know, this is like my deepest, darkest secret, but I was a Shavasana skipper. So I was that person that when I was Shavasana <laughs> time, I like rolled up my mat and I was like, all right, catch you later. See you out of here. And I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm like 15 years old. I'm not messing with this baloney. And I was out the door and I did that for a long time. So now it's kind of funny that like, all I do are things like meditation and sound baths and yoga nidra. That's like yeah. <laughs> up to a 90 minute Shavasana. But I was just there for like, quote, the stretch. And it wasn't until then when I was 16, my mom was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. Um, She's in remission now. So that story has a happy ending. She comes and babysits all the time. She's Grammy now and Mm -hmm. we love her. And it was during that time where I really started to explore some of the softer sides of yoga. So looking at meditation, restorative yoga, um, not only how these kind of mind body practices can impact your body physically, but how it can really help you in like those deep dark days and that's when I was first introduced to like meditation and I still kind of ignored it and I tried to check all the boxes and you know went to college and found a nice boy at that college to eventually marry and got a job and like management all the things I was supposed to do but time and time again I kept returning to yoga and it was like you know my lifeline it was the you know the life vest that I had during some really hard times and when I graduated college, I got a job in management, but I still kind of was like, "Who am I? What do I want to do?" So I did what many people did, and I took a 200 yoga, you know, 200 hour yoga teacher training, <laughs> and that's when I again was, you know, began to dabble in meditation, was introduced to restorative yoga. Um, I continued to work in management. Then when my husband got into med school, we moved to Missouri, like a one bar, one Walmart town. So I left my home for the first time, had to quit my job, everything. And I was just teaching yoga on the side. But when we got there after a few days of like kind of a pity party, I decided that maybe this was the universe, like giving me an opportunity in a fresh slate. So I thought, well, I'll try to start a yoga business. So I did. And I started with one class on Friday, And it's a very special class to me because it was the first and eventually ended up opening a studio there. And it was during that time that I realized a lot of my students, and although they may not have been comfortable with the word meditation, a lot of them were looking for tools to slow down. They weren't there to learn how to stand on their heads or to do these crazy inversions. They wanted to lower their blood pressure. They wanted to be able to tie their shoes on their own. Um, And so I felt like in order to serve my students. I needed to learn more about meditation and some of these gentler sides of yoga. So the short version of the story is I found a group of Buddhist monks that live in the middle of a Missouri forest. And I lived with them for a little bit to learn.
1: (laughs) In Missouri, you found the Buddhist monks. You
0: know, and I met them on the internet. This is like a, this is wild. Okay, this is a do, don't do what I did necessarily. Um, I met them on the internet. I sent them an email because they email and they specialize in this particular form of loving kindness meditation called Twim, Tranquil Wisdom Insight Meditation. It's for me, it's a really special practice. It's really loving and nurturing. I emailed them and I was like, hey, like I saw that, you know, they did kind of like some virtual type stuff before it was very in vogue. This would have been like in maybe 2015. And they were like, oh, well, Cause I didn't know where they were. I just stumbled across their website and said, oh, you know, I'm in Missouri. I assume they were like, I, I don't know. And they're like, oh, we're in Missouri too. Why don't you come like live with us and we'll teach you how to do this. So I was like, okay. And then everyone thought I was going to get murdered. <laughs> and uh, my mom was like, whatever you do, don't give up your cell phone, text me every day. Let me know you're still alive. And so I went there and I had to take like a vow of silence and I became immersed and just started meditating every day. And it was such a profound experience for me, you know, and there's, there's a lot, there's a lot more to that story, but it's a very like quick version. And I obviously didn't get murdered. It was a great experience. And then I went back to my studio and I felt like this new piece of me had been unlocked. And I not only started to see what a, you know, benefit meditation and introspection could be, but what a gift and a special opportunity to share it with other people and to share this thing that I fell in love with, with others. So I did some more training that was, you know, not living in the forest with monks in Missouri. And eventually I had to sell my studio and I moved to Michigan for what was going to be a year and a half. Because Marnie and I chatted a little bit before of uh, the interesting uh, twists and turns that your life takes when you are married to someone and kind of the medicine track. So we were going to be in michigan in grand rapids for a year and a half so that's when i went completely location dependent so i started doing retreats i started my podcast so i could keep offering guided meditations to my students back in missouri and i began doing continued ed trainings and hop-ups and ever since then i've never had like a physical location or a studio sense and then eventually we moved back to minnesota and i just kept doing what i was doing and then march of 2020 uh, not only, of course, COVID hit and lockdown started, I also found out I was pregnant with my first child, like five days before lockdown. <laughs> um, so then I found myself in lockdown, pregnant, sicker than I'd ever been, scared out of my mind, thinking my biz- this was going to be the end of it. You know, this was the end because um, I couldn't travel. I couldn't do anything that I was doing. But that's when I really, really pivoted. I continued to grow my podcast and I started really focusing on yoga nidra and meditation and things that I could still continue to share with people without me needing to be in the same space with them and helping people through those times, you know, no one was doing well during March of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so like I knew if I'm feeling this fear and I'm feeling this anxiety, like that's that's not just a me thing. And so I really kind of doubled down on these practices and it's one of the most special you know, times of my life. And it was really special to be there with people and to hold space for them as we all collectively kind of navigated such a shift.
2: Wow. It's so amazing to me how everybody's lives have pivoted so much because of the pandemic. And there's, there really has been so many like silver linings or good things that have come out of that. But I think that's great that it helped you. You know, you were worried that this was the end. Then in fact, it was a different, it was just a different way to do
0: business, right? Yeah, and there's an old saying that like, you know, tragedy or a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. And like, and it's so true. And like in the moment, I really did. I thought this was it. This is the end of my business. I was pretty much exclusively traveling, either doing retreats or traveling all over, like for pop-up trainings, I do like continued ed. And as soon as, you know, all those flights were grounded and we were in lockdown, and my husband was still a resident. So we were, you know, reliant on my income. And I was like, okay, well, I guess this is it. It's been fun being a business owner. It's been a wild ride. I, you know, have to find something else to do. But, you know, so it sounds cliche, but sometimes, you know, a door gets shut, but then a window gets open. And um, that's kind of what, and doing what I do now is also something that I could do from anywhere, but also while I was sick and pregnant and spending a lot of time in bed. So it kind of. worked out out. and now and now we're here and i'm still in this you know in a little closet still very diy but so happy with it and
1: and yeah that's such an amazing story and i just have to go back for one second about your experience with the monks like (laughs) just for 30 seconds no as as much time
0: as you want what do you want to know about the monks well one
1: how long were you there? But like, were there other people there? And what did you do all day? Like, I've read books about this, you know, and you took a vow of silence. Like, I guess in general, I'd love to know, like, what was your biggest learning or takeaway from that experience? Because just talking to you now, it's very hard to picture you like taking a vow of silence.
0: Okay. And that (laughs) was living in the woods with monks. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) yes, yes. And yes, the vow of silence thing, you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm kind of a loud introvert. And when I did that, I and and with the vow of silence was also you weren't allowed to like read. It was like a communication vow of silence. Yeah. I did have to straight up tell them my mom thought I was going to get murdered. So I had to keep my cell phone. But usually you would turn that in. Um, but I explained to them as like a young woman going to the forest alone to meet strangers. <laughs> I just needed to text my mom every day, let her know I was alive. And they're like, OK, that's fine. <laughs> um, but I couldn't read. I couldn't journal. Um I wasn't supposed to speak with the only exception. So the main teacher there um, is a man called Bonte Vilmaranzi. He's the one that's come up with TWIM. That's kind of his space. Um, I would spend maybe like 30 minutes to an hour every day talking to him about my practice. And that was the only time you're supposed to speak. Now, did I break the vow of silence? Yes. Did I get in trouble for it? Yes. And (laughs) it was the thing that was hard for me was one. And I realized during this time, I just spoke so much just to like make noise, like without intention, just to be talking, just to fill silence, just to not, you know, be in a room with people and we're all eating a meal and be like, well, this is weird. It's like dead silent. You can just hear people, you know, clanging with their dishes and I realized so much of what I was saying was there was no intention behind it. It was just like talking to talk. And it became way easier the longer that I did it and it be honestly it became really nice. And ever since then, and you know, granted I get my, you know, fill of talking with podcasting and getting to connect with wonderful women like the two of you, but I still to this day I love to be alone. I love to be quiet. I could take another vow of silence, you know, tomorrow. And and be perfectly fine with that. I find it to be almost refreshing because there's no pressure to have to communicate. The hard part is like that means like no email. That means like the no talking part for me wasn't hard, but it was the other. It was not reading, no emails, you know, not texting, no eye contact with people. Um, but I was there for a couple of weeks, so not terribly long. Um, and kind of the daily schedule was you get up. Um, the first meditation session starts at five. So you get up at, you know, whatever I got up at like probably four 55 59 and like went in my pajamas and you go to the meditation hall and you've been kind of trained. And I read, um, Bonte's books, like preparing for this, but you're practicing twin meditation. Um, you meditate from 5am to 8am. You can get up and take breaks, but you uh, take your breaks by taking a walking meditation. So you can, you can get up and leave the hall, but you walk, you know, the grounds, so you walk around, do a walking meditation, and then you return. Um, then you had breakfast and then you were given a chore. And you have to do this chore in silence with intention and radiating loving kindness while you're doing it. So the first day I remembered, and, you know, in like context here, I was like 24 and whatever, kind of annoying and just, you know, are any of us our best selves in our early 20s? I don't know. I wasn't. (laughs) So I was given this chore where I had to weed this little path. There's like those little paver stones and these tiny little weeds were sprouting up. So I just had to get on my hands, and my knees. And my job was to pull every single weed in this whole long path. I had to do it with kindness, with joy. And I had to like thank every little weed before I pulled it. And I had the worst attitude about it. I was like, this is so dumb. I could just pull all these like stupid weeds. That part I struggled with because um, it was just so different for me and really opened my eyes to how you can do simple mundane tasks like with joy, with love, um, with patience, with contentment. So you do your chore and then you meditate again. Then you have lunch. Then you get a little bit of a break, a little bit of rest time if you want. Then you meditate again. You actually only eat two meals. Um, You don't eat after 12 p.m. Um, unless you have some medical reason not to. And um, And then, yeah, and then you meditate again. You go to a Dharma talk and then you go to bed. Wow. Every day. That's yeah. unbelievable.
2: I mean, you didn't have kids at that time, I'm assuming. No, so you didn't I have did to not. worry about that. Yeah. And um, my husband
0: was in medical school. So like so I was, he was seeing busy. him anyways. No yeah. one really missed me. No one really even noticed. But I could like, have stayed in the woods for longer. <laughs> I don't think I could do that.
2: And maybe I could. I don't even know if I'd want to. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, some of it sounds amazing. Yeah. But
1: like the weeks. no read
2: the no
0: reading and the no journaling. And two weeks. And like two I weeks. could do maybe three days. And the first few days are the hardest. So I did a meditation retreat this past winter, um, last February, and we did one silent day. It was optional. The first few days are the hardest. So if you can do like three days of silence, you're you're good. You could just keep going. You just get used to it. Um, and you become so much more aware of one, not only how much you're communicating just to do it with you know, no reason. And then two, you're only left with your thoughts, which for a lot of people and and I don't know if I could, and there's so many other factors, like my son's two. So I'm not gonna go live in the woods with zero contact for two weeks right now. That's not happening. But I don't know. I just I learned so much about myself just being left with my own thoughts for two weeks and not talking oh, to other sure. people. Yeah. Like, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. So it can be really powerful. And it is so frustrating and irritating, but like useful.
2: Yeah. Sounds like it was, had a profound, you know, it impact did. on you.
0: And I never really thought of meditation as like, I think I kind of thought it as like, you sit like crisscross applesauce and, yeah. like, you know, chant ohm and close your eyes and whatever, go to this like other planet. And that's really not what it, it can be that, but it's really not always that. And mm-hmm. so I, I think really focusing on a style, like a loving kindness meditation resonated with me because it really worked to do a lot of healing with my relationship with myself and with others, um, because that's like at the core of this particular practice. So I think having that, um, to really focus
1: on during that time
0: too, was really important to me at that time.
1: And, and so how have you taken what you learned from this experience and incorporated it in into your podcast and all the meditations and the sound baths and all that you do. Um, And just a plug out there for your podcast. And we can share all the details in our show notes, but I've really been enjoying it. Like I've really been enjoying these relatively short guided meditations. And, you know, I'm someone who struggles to meditate, even though I know the benefits and have a consistent practice. And it's just, I think a great resource for people out there. I really, Marnie and I both have like clients and people that will come to us and be like, oh, you know, what's your favorite app? Or how do I start a meditation practice? And for everyone out there, just go subscribe to your podcast, Mindful in Minutes, and just start going through, you know, the plethora of episodes you've had. And there's some that are just really short and tailored to specific times of day, but just really easy. And you have such a lovely, soothing voice. So Um, yeah, but I mean, maybe if you want to talk about like how you incorporated this, like the loving kindness and some of those philosophies that you learned through that retreat, that violent retreat. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely. So my approach to meditation in general is I, I always want it to be very approachable and very simple and very grounded in a way. So anytime I learn a new style or I personally have a meditation experience, that is going to show up in my podcast. So I pull elements from so many different styles, um, including like loving kindness or twin meditation. I pull, I'll take, you know, maybe an experience that I had on that particular retreat that was really profound to me. And I'll try to recreate that by writing a guided meditation for others to then be able to go to that place. So, so much, pretty much everything that I write and share on that podcast is, it's just coming from my own personal practice. So since that was, you know, my first kind of entryway into it, it was such a special one to me. It's when I come back to time and time again, but it is, it's just, I write and I create what I know. And all I know is my own practice and my own experiences. And then I like to take that and kind of package it up for then others to just be able to hit play and then have, hopefully have a similar experience. And we all come to meditation for different reasons. So there's topics on Everything. There's things for, you know, sleep and anxiety, stress relief, loving kindness. But there's also, you know, I'm working on a meditation. It'll be out by the time you hear this. But like I'm people pleasing, right? How do you do a meditation around not feeling like you have to always be this like nice pleasing individual? Something that I, you know, have to work on in my own meditation practice. So if I'm feeling that way, there's others that are feeling that way. So I just take what I know and what I've experienced and I try to recreate that for others.
2: And now a quick shout out to our sponsor Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and
1: contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. I discovered Organifi about three years ago and fell in love with the gold chocolate blend, which I enjoy in the evenings. I love that it contains ashwagandha, which reduces stress and supports a healthy cortisol level. And it really gives me that fix when I want something chocolatey or sweet in the evening. And it's perfect and nice and calming before bed.
2: And I'm really enjoying the Organifi green juice, which has a ton of superfoods in it, and it's so much easier than juicing. And it's also great if you struggle to get your greens in. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water. It's great on the go, and there's no compromise in quality for taste.
1: Organifi takes great pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high quality superfoods too by heading over to Organifi.com slash livingwell. That's organif dot com slash livingwell and use our code livingwell for 20% off your entire order.
2: That's amazing. And you, like Stephanie mentioned earlier, you have such a soothing voice. You know, you were so kind to give us some meditations for our clients of our detox. And I listened to them quite a bit during that week. And I just, your voice is very soothing. And I Even though I've taken a meditation teacher training, I sometimes find it easier to teach, like to guide meditation, to actually do it myself. A hundred percent. But yeah, I just, I really do recommend all our listeners go check out Mindful in Minutes podcast. And I know you mentioned earlier about Yoga Nidra, and we have had a guest in the past talk about that on our show, but can you... Just describe that practice again to our listeners, because I think people still don't really understand what that is and you know how that can benefit people, especially today in our very busy lives.
0: Yeah, I would love to. I have this obsession with Yoga Nidra. It's <laughs> so near and dear to my heart. Um, but the way that I like to describe Yoga Nidra is that it is a conscious journey through all of our different layers of our being so in the yoga world we call them the koshas and what you're trying to do is you're trying to journey through these different layers that we have and ultimately come face to face with the true self Um, you can call the true self the soul you whatever you personally like to call it that thing within you we're trying to reach that and we're trying to come face to face with that and plant a positive seed of intention so that can be anything that you want to plant in that soul space and that true self space So that's on the one hand what we're doing, but also the way that we're doing that is we're trying to put the body to sleep to kind of keep the mind awake. So if you think about if you are having some kind of a stressful experience, right, you're having a physiological response to it. Your heart rate is rising. Maybe you're sweating a little bit. You're, you know, you're getting into that fight or flight with yoga nidra and it'll feel like a long guided meditation anywhere from maybe 30 to 75 minutes it just depends we're trying to you know intentionally yoga nidra means yogic sleep we're trying to put the body to sleep so we can do some of this deeper work on a non-physical level so your body becomes very relaxed it becomes very heavy you'll physically feel like you're right on that edge between awake and asleep like if someone walked in the room you'd hear them walk in the room but you wouldn't say anything because you're just like you're right on that edge of being asleep and then you'll you know move through your body your breath some different emotions some visualization and then hopefully we're face to face with the true self which i think is one of the most special gifts that you can give someone is to help them connect with their true self and their soul space because it's my non-professional belief that the secret to living a joyful and fulfilling life is to live from your true self space So when you show up places, there isn't like a you that shows up to um, your dinner party and then a you that shows up to business and then a you that shows up when you're meeting someone new, like it's just you and you don't feel like you have to hide. You don't feel like you have to change. You just are connected to who you really are and you just let that be seen and you live from that space, I think is one of the most special, powerful things um, that you can do to really find like fulfillment and joy in this life. That was like, I just love what you said. I was just going to say, I love the way you described
2: it. I've heard it described many different ways. And I love the way that you said
0: you're doing this like deep work on a non-physical level. Yeah, they do. They've had a lot of studies specifically on how yoga nidra um, works with PTSD. The the VA is doing a lot of work with it. And the Mm -hmm. belief is that, you know, PTSD, right? There's, we can look at someone's body and say, you're not quote, hurt, right? You're not, there's no physical injury, but there's obviously some kind of an injury. There's something on a non-physical level. So they believe that by quieting the nervous system and by quieting the fight or flight, specifically with people when they have them PTSD triggers, that you can work on some of that healing and work on the non-physical level. So without having those triggers kind of impact and right away, you know, shut down not going there. Um, that's kind of the theory behind using yoga Nidra PTSD. So I have a question about that actually. Mm-hmm. So like Stephanie and I have been
2: doing some work with an energy healer, I guess, where she like tries to clear energy out of the body. Yep. And in some ways it reminded me of, I, we, I did a group session of yoga Nidra and in her session if you fall asleep the work is still being done according to her she's still able to clear the energy in yoga nidra if you fall asleep you're not really getting to your 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 self space is that accurate
0: or do you think you still get the benefits because like yeah yes yes and no which isn't quite the answer that you're looking for but what i will say is we as a society Are so rest deprived. We are sleep deprived. Now, I, and this happens every time when I'm, you know, we were talking about this before we hit record, but I do yoga nidra pop ups like at least once a month. And I always at the beginning let people know like if you fall asleep, that's okay. That just means like your body will always prioritize getting what it needs to survive, Mm -hmm. like sleep overtaking a conscious journey through all the layers of your being to come face-to-face with the true self. One of those you need to actually survive. And one of those is just kind of like a nice little perk. And I have a lot of women that I work with and a lot of women that are either mothers or caregivers. I think we're all a mother to something, but I work with a very rest-deprived group Mm -hmm. of people. So a lot of them fall asleep. So is there any way for me to say, That, yeah, they I have heard that you still get the benefits, just like with energy work, you still get the benefits. And I do think that to a certain degree you do. But I also think that there's something to be said that if you are consistently falling asleep, that you just need to start prioritizing your rest and your sleep. And that in and of itself is huge. That is a benefit. Like, if you come and you get to a really relaxed place and you rest and you start to fill up your cup in that way, like, I don't think that should be overlooked. So, I can't say for sure whether you do or not. I think it depends, but I do want to make it really clear that if you are constantly falling asleep in meditation and yoga nidra during energy healing, one, that's not bad. This is not a shame thing. That's just a sign that our bodies need rest. So, start there, give it the rest that it needs, which hello, I'm a mom to a toddler and I run a business and all that stuff. I get it. That's easier said than done. But that's so essential and not to be overlooked and something to consider.
1: Yeah, I agree entirely. And, you know, how you talk about though, like uh, this journey and how yoga nidra like starts the journey to truly knowing yourself. How does that happen or how long like Let's assume someone's not falling asleep or they were, and now they're getting rest. And so now they're, you know, truly immersed in this experience and say they're doing it weekly or however often, not that there's any sort of like one size fits all, but how does that process work? You know, obviously it depends on what people have going on, but I also loved what you said earlier about like, just truly getting to that point of being, you know, your authentic self. And I think sometimes we, in this space that kind of gets thrown around a bit but really like, I guess, unpacking what brings you joy. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that process. Absolutely.
0: So the theory behind it, and this is coming from someone who teaches people how to teach yoga nidra. So I'll share like the technical side of it. And then I want to also touch on like just my personal experience because it's always so interesting knowing like the science and the actual steps and like teaching this modality, but then also like experiencing it for myself. So in theory, what's happening is we have these, you know, these koshas. And Stephanie, I'm sure you're familiar with this term through like, you know, yoga teacher training and things like that. But for the listeners who aren't, it's basically these different layers or different quote bodies. It's very much this idea of like, we are an onion. So you have your physical body, right? So I'm looking at, you know, as we're on the Zoom call, I can see both of your first koshas. Then you go on to the energetic body, which is where energy healing, acupuncture, all of these, you know, sound baths, they work on the energetic level. And we have different techniques. So we start with a rotation of awareness in the body. So a body scan Or something similar. And then the next kosha, the energetic, that speaks in the language of breath. So we do different breath techniques that then takes us to that deeper layer. then we're going to go even deeper to our mental body. And that speaks actually in feelings and sensations so you do particular exercises where you explore emotion then you're going to go to your wisdom body which i always like to put a little caveat of our wisdom always lies beyond our mental body our mental body is made up of like our thoughts our beliefs our perceptions that's not necessarily wisdom those are just thoughts right as my therapist says is it a truth or is it a thought so once we have moved past then that mental body we go to the wisdom body Now, the wisdom body likes to speak in the language of imagery. So we'll do some guided imagery. Then we go to the bliss body, which is the final one before the true self. And that one actually speaks in the language of silence. So you spend some time just resting and being silent. And hopefully in that silence, then you'll kind of open up that last layer and you will come face to face with the true self. So that's like the theory behind it where you're doing these different exercises to kind of go layer by layer by layer to come face to face with the true self. Now, what I will say is from my experience, building a relationship with your true self is like building a relationship with anyone. You're not going to show up on a first date and automatically you're going to know every single thing about them. You're so obsessed with them. You love them, your best friends, you know, all of these things. And it takes time so every time you do a yoga nidra practice every time you just get this little bit of a taste of the true self you get to know it a little bit better and that's what my experience has been it's like if i can let my walls down and have this little experience with the true self it's like every time i'm kind of just meeting this new friend again but the theory behind it is you're doing different techniques to speak to the different layers to kind of peel them back and then ultimately come to the true self, which is in the center of the layers.
1: That's such a great explanation. Thank you. Oh, thanks.
0: Um,
2: So do you think we have time for a quick meditation with you? Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Any requests, either Marnie or Stephanie, of what kind of a meditation or anything that you want to experience?
2: Maybe something just like calming. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, you know,
0: let's relax a little bit. So go ahead, wherever you are, you can just close your eyes. If you're doing something while listening to us, just stop doing that thing for like a couple minutes. And we're going to start by taking three deep cleansing breaths. So you'll inhale through the nose, filling up. And then open mouth, exhale, just sigh it out. And let's do that two more times. And one final one. Inhaling through the nose, exhale, really just let go of any stress, any worry on that breath out. Good. Now bring your awareness to the tip of your nose. And as you inhale, feel the breath move in through the nostrils, through the sinuses, down the throat to the lungs. And then on the exhale, feel that process reverse itself. So exhaling, the breath moves from the lungs, up the throat, through the sinuses, and out the nose. So as you breathe, just following this pathway and keeping your awareness right at the tip of the nose. So feeling the cool air move past the tip of the nose into the body, and then the warm air leaving the nose as it exits the body. And on the inhale, as that cool breath moves in, bring in whatever it is that you need today Could to be harmony, peace, energy, mental clarity, whatever you need. Just pick one thing, bring that into your body. Let it wash through you on the inhale and then release whatever it is that we're ready to let go of on the exhale. So just inhaling, feel that cool air move in at the tip of the nose, bring in what you need and then exhaling warm air leaves, letting go whatever we're ready to release. Do this just a few more times, a few more rounds. And after your next exhale, you can just bring your awareness to your heart center tap into this space, maybe feel a little warmth, a little love, a little compassion, a little kindness, begin to brew in this space. And we're going to end our practice just by saying something kind and honest to ourselves. And when you're ready, you can take a big deep breath in and one more time, exhale, sigh it out, just returning to your space, maybe opening up your eyes, going back to your laundry or whatever you were doing. And that's, I mean, it's really just kind of as simple as that. Just, you don't need anything, just your breath. You know, you decide that you're going to take a few minutes to prioritize your well-being and you focus on one thing for a little bit and then that's it.
2: And that felt so wonderful. And it was like maybe two minutes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's what's so crazy is like people do not want to meditate, right? So overwhelming to them, but that was literally two
0: minutes. And studies tell us, some one of my favorite statistics, that eight to 10 minutes a day is enough to get the mental, physical, and emotional benefits of meditation. So no matter how busy you are, I promise you, and even if that means we're going to do 10 less minutes of something that doesn't serve you, that usually looks like scrolling on your phone or, Mm-mm. you know, we all have our thing. Do 10 less minutes of that, just swap it for 10 minutes. That really does something good for your body and your mind and your mental and emotional health.
2: I love that. That should be a challenge for our listeners.
0: Eight to 10 minutes a day. Stop
2: scrolling, go to mindful in minutes, find your eight (laughs) eight to 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then when you're done, you're done. Just that's it. You know, I'm just thinking about all the moms out there where sometimes you're like in the carpool line or waiting for your kids. And what are you doing? You're on, I mean, I'm speaking to myself. Yes. I'm mostly on the phone when I have that downtime, shut it down and just do, even if it's a four or five minute practice, if you don't have that much mm-hmm. time, that will benefit us more. And then when your kids get in the car, you just think of how much like grounded and calm and at it, it, it peace that you're going to feel cuz your nervous system's calmed down. So, yeah. I'm going to take that challenge on myself actually.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. And and a conversation for another day, but my last little statement is that I I don't think I've ever needed meditation more than after I became a mother. And I never needed to combat overstimulation and needing to be able to regulate my emotions and and everything more than when I became a mother. Yes. so true i i i unfortunately didn't
2: know anything about meditation the first time the first time i had my son but my first child is what i'm trying to say and little boys Um, they're i have a little boy they're they're a little cuckoo
0: (laughs) you really need it with them
2: (laughs) i don't know they're all different in their own ways yeah yeah but um so i think that's such a great tip for our listeners I'm wondering, do you have any other simple or practical tips that you can suggest or recommend that our listeners could implement immediately into their lives?
0: Yeah, you just so honestly, you just need to start. Everyone has to start somewhere. If you're the person you're like, oh, I can never meditate, my mind's too busy. Oh, I'm too, you know, ADHD. And this is coming from someone with ADHD and is also a meditation teacher. Like, I could never do that. Oh, I don't know where to start. Oh, I don't have a good place to meditate right? There's all of these ways that you can stop yourself before you even start. And if you say, oh, I'm too busy to meditate. Oh, my mind's too busy. That's like saying you're too dirty to take a shower. There's one thing that is going to help remedy that situation. You just have to kind of set those why you can't to the side for again, eight minutes and just give it a try. You will feel good. You will feel better. Um, but that's honestly, that's the biggest hurdle I find that people come across. They've stopped themselves before they even start. And it's really, it's such a small deal. It's not that serious. It's not that complex. It's just Mm -hmm. this nice little micro habit that you can do
1: for yourself. Yes. And you've given everyone a gift by having the podcast out there. So if someone's wondering, how do I meditate? I don't have time. You have a variety of um, durations for the meditations, or I don't know where to get one, or I don't want to pay for an app. Just come visit me come visit come, your come yeah. over
0: to my little corner of the internet all are welcome we love you know we love everyone that comes over and we can we can meditate together Absolutely. and that's yoga
2: for you online so you go if you're
0: online. Yep. So that's my website. You can find everything there. And then my podcast is mindful in minutes. And I have a smaller podcast specifically for prenatal and postnatal meditations called meditation mama. So if anyone's listening and they feel like they want the support during that particular time in your motherhood journey, I have that for you as well.
1: Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I know we'll link all of this up in the show notes, but we also know that you have these amazing retreats. So maybe if you could, as we're starting to wrap this up, Um, touch on those. Like you have one in Iceland coming up as we record this and you have one in Portugal that you're doing later in 2023. Yeah.
0: So um, I just tried to convince both Marnie and Stephanie that they should come to Iceland with me in like three weeks. (laughs) I don't know if I was. sounds. I
2: mean, that's like on my bucket list, but there's no way, no possible way
0: I can pull that off in three weeks. I (laughs) I know. I know. So the best chance then um, would be coming to Portugal with me at the end of April. And we're going to be in the Algarve. And I love to do like maybe two international retreats where it's this opportunity to have a yoga and meditation retreat and also kind of travel with a group of really special like-minded people. And there's really beautiful like friendships and connections that are built there. And every single day we do like practice in the morning. We might do a workshop. We go and maybe do a little bit of a touristy thing. We're staying in the most beautiful villa you've ever seen. It is really, it's like the most incredible villa you've ever seen on like carved into a mountainside in the Algarve. And it's just going to be amazing. So if you're someone you're like, I want to travel or I want to do a vacation where I don't come home feeling like I need a vacation after that. Mm -hmm. That is what a yoga and meditation retreat is, at least with me. And you're like, and I want to meet some people that love what I love. Like, that's what this is made for. Okay,
1: I'm going to look into that. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch, but (laughs) I did say last year I was going to do a meditation I was going to do a yoga retreat in 2023 and I haven't booked one yet. So who knows? Maybe this is it. You're always, you're always welcome. Yeah. I'm turning 50 in
2: April and my son (gasps) is graduating college and there's just, there's no way. Unfortunately, But there'll be more. Yes. Then one after that, if you plan far in advance, I'd love to know about it.
0: (laughs) I'm definitely a far in advance planner. So I'd, I'd keep my eyes out Marnie for something.
2: So Kelly as we wrap up this conversation what does the art of living well mean to you? The art
0: of living well really means to me connecting to your true self, your most authentic self, connecting with that space, asking it what it needs and then giving it what it needs. And if you're doing that I really think that that you're living well that you're practicing the art of
1: living well. That's so beautiful and I think the gift that you're giving people to be able to connect to their true authentic self should not be taken for granted, because that's honestly something that I think a lot of our listeners as they're on their journey to finding their art of living well, you know, it's, it's hard. It's a struggle to find what really brings you joy every day. It's easier to say that or just find it, but you're helping people get there. So it's I wonderful. I
0: that. I feel really lucky to get to help facilitate that for
2: others.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you for doing that. Yes. Awesome. Thanks for letting me share what I love with you guys. Yeah, this has been really fun. And, you know, for those of you that are local in Minnesota, our listeners, we will say that Kelly does have local events, specifically like meditation, yoga nidra, sound baths, right? Every month. So get on her mailing list or what's the best way for local people to connect so that they can get on your local email list.
0: If you're local, either find me on Instagram. My handle is at yoga for you online. Just let me know I'm local. I want to be on that list or send me an email info at yoga for you and just say, Hey, I'm in the twin cities. Like I want to be notified. I don't spam people. I send one email at the beginning of every month saying, here's what's happening this month. And that's it. Yeah. Wonderful. I want to be on your list.
1: Okay. Yes. I'll add <laughs> Stephanie's already <laughs> like, on it. She's am to it. date. I can't wait to come because I do find, especially for people out there that are new to meditation, that doing an in person, having an in person experience is truly a gift. It's so amazing, and then it'll help motivate you, I think, to do some of the online ones yeah. down the yeah. road. So I think I think so too. And it, it's just the whole vibe of doing it in person is absolutely special. yes,
0: yes.
2: Well, thank you, Kelly. Thank this you has so been much, Kelly. A great conversation.
0: Oh, thank you so yeah. much for having me and for chatting with me. And yeah, I appreciate you both.
1: Yeah. Have a wonderful day.
0: You too. Bye.
2: Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media.
2: If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the art of living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.